C-H-U-M-A-M Toronto. It is Toronto today here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara, with you until 1 o'clock. A lot to get to today. Talk some Blue Jays. How about that Danny Jansen, huh? First career home run? Not too bad. The future bright and Blue Jay land. We'll chat about the Blue Jays with Scott Mitchell at 1140. Also, Vladdy Tracker. Who else might be called up? And also, there's still that waiver trade deadline looming. Can anything get done? Does it matter if anything gets done for the Blue Jays in that time frame? So that'll be at about 1140. Before that, in about 20 minutes, Carlo Koliakovo, who's on the morning show today, of course, former Maple Leaf first-round pick. And one of my favorite guys in the business. I love Carlo. He's going to join us at 1120. Uh, talk a little off-season Maple Leafs because training camp is less than a month away, folks. It is coming at 12 o'clock. Travis Yost, more hockey talk, tsn.ca hockey analytics analyst. I want to ask Travis, let's dig a little bit here. What do the Maple Leafs need? Defense, right? We know that. We know they need defense. Are there any bargains coming up? via trade, signings, something that we can look at with Travis. Travis does a great job on TSN.ca, puts out a bunch of charts and really digs in the numbers, value guys who might be overlooked but can come in and help the Maple Leafs. We're also going to talk about a bigger name, a bigger possibility for the Maple Leafs, and it's, a, it's something we're putting out there if it makes sense coming off of the Ryan Ellis signing by the Nashville Predators yesterday. Question is, and we have it up on the poll at TSN 1050 Radio on Twitter. I just retweeted it at AndyMC81 as well. Would you like to see the Maple Leafs acquire P.K. Subban? Okay, might sound crazy. But would you like P.K. Subban to be a Maple Leaf? We're going to go through the details, his numbers, his underlying numbers, how good he can be, how he compares to Maple Leaf defensemen from last year. We'll do that with Travis and also throughout the show. But you can vote. Yes, he's the missing piece or no to many variables. At TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81. We know the Leafs need a defenseman. If you get a bargain guy, whatever, that's going to be a nice on the back end. But P.K. Subban, could he be that game-changer type to help take the Maple Leafs over the top? So Travis Yost at noon. Rich Dotson, founder of DynastyNerds.com at 1220 with Fantasy Football Talk, baby. It's coming up fast. Coming up fast. And by the way, officially, officially, I got the word that Season 3 of TSN 4 Downs is going to be back on TSN 1050 this year. Yes! Our studio audience is pleased. It's going to be back uh, the week. It's going to be every Saturday at 11 a.m. starting at the end of August. We'll get you ready for fantasy football throughout the year. Tips, waiver wires, rankings, but also regular NFL talk with some of the hottest names in the business. We're going to get primed for your fantasy football draft. And I recommend to people all the time, do not have your fantasy football draft before the third preseason game. That's when the starters play the most time. Let it play out. Let that play out. Injuries happen. And if you've had your draft and your quarterback gets blown out, you might be screwed. So wait until after that. But we're going to rank... Quarterback, tight end, and defense special teams today with Rich Dotson, who's one of the best. He's on ESPN Radio all the time in the States and a great website, DynastyNerds.com. So Rich Dotson at 1220. If you have any fantasy football questions, you can tweet me at AndyMCD1 at DynastyRich. 
So that'll be again at 12.20. But let's dive into this Leaf question a little bit here. And again, with Travis Yost, we'll get into the more of the bargain guys and, and look at some value defenders that might be options, maybe come trade time, maybe come you know, just signings, you know, just guys to look for. And we're getting, wow, we're getting lots of Twitter reply on this already. This, uh, this poll is blowing up. Uh, and we'll get to some of your replies in a little bit. Let's bring on producer Joe Narcy here. Joe, this is something we were talking about here, and they, you have to go a bit into the background. And you can vote at TSN 1050 Radio at Andy MC81. Of, to just say, do you want PK Subban, yes or no, doesn't tell the full story. Why might he be an option? Because Ryan Ellis got signed to that eight-year extension, uh, what was it, yesterday. And from there, you look at the Predators' defense, it is stacked and it's going to get expensive because they're going to need to sign Roman Yossi after next year. You have a, a lot of money... Committed. What is it? Twenty twenty-five million dollars, Joe? Yeah, it's a twenty-four point nine five million dollars to, de- to defense. To defense, but that's with Roman Yossi making four million dollars a year, and that's going to pop. Exactly. And if you were to say right now, Roman Yossi is by far a better defenseman than PK Subban. He's not making nine million dollars, and he's the captain of that organization. And let's not forget as well, Shea Weber was the player who signed like a nine point something million dollar contract. Mm-hmm as a restricted free agent from the Philadelphia Flyers when he was the captain of the Predators, and the Predators matched that because they knew he was that good. And they have an eye for defensemen. I feel like it's been the last like 15 years we've been talking about Predators defensemen being studs. They're really good. They're really stacked. But at some point in the salary cap era, you got to let somebody go. And with P.K. Subban making $9 bucks, if they traded him, he'd still have, what, three controllable years left, right? If they traded him at the start of next season, yes. But let's look at it in the context that me and you were talking about before. Subban is going to be at nine million by the end of during the 2019-2020 season. Right. So and in, he's 29 years old, by the way. Yes. Yeah, so in that year, Roman Yossi will be an unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that the Nashville Predators are going to do everything they can to sign Roman Yossi before he hits free agency because he's the best defenseman on the team. At that point, with the thirty million dollars that or twenty nine million dollars, sorry, twenty five million dollars, sorry, that the Nashville Predators will have accounted for, that is without Roman Yossi having a significant pay bump, which he's going to get. Well, you could let's just argue he's probably going to start at nine million dollars. He's so going to walk. So you pop that up, so, so that's what an extra five mil. You're at about thirty plus million dollars. You can't have that in today's salary cap. So with PK Subban, the point is that maybe. He is expendable. And maybe to get those dollars off the books with still a young defensive core as well coming up, they have that flow coming right through with Nashville, it becomes a question of could P.K. Subban be available? Now, the ups with P.K. had a career high in goals last year, moves the puck, he's a playmaker, uh, great plus minus, and put whatever you want value in that. And he can be somebody that yeah another team has to game plan for. You got to think about PK Subban. You got to think about it. So think about him on the back end and you pair him up with whoever you like. Then you got Morgan Riley, you got Jake Gardner and then of course all the talent up front. The downside with PK is to some coaches, managers, he's polarizing. He's a little too outspoken. He's more like Joe as you said a wide receiver type. He's very he's a, a bit cocky. He's got a god forbid a personality, which I love. He's got a personality. 
that doesn't necessarily rub everyone the right way in the NHL world. Plus the money. Are there too many variables? Yes, missing piece. No, too many variables. Want to give a quick shout out to uh, our Bell sales guy, does TSN 1050 sales. He's a great dude. I work with him quite a bit on my shows. Mike Fabello, him and his wife, they, well, his wife did all the work, but just had a baby girl, Olivia, last night at 2.32 in the morning. Ooh. So I guess this morning, 2.32, uh, 7 pounds, 12 ounces, 21 inches, and he tells me that mom and baby Olivia are doing great. So congratulations to the Fabello family. Great having that uh, that great news there. Uh, and you know what? Maybe when baby Olivia gets a bit bigger, she'll see P.K. Subban as a Maple Leaf Joe. Maybe she'll see that. And I think if you look at the underlying numbers for P.K. Subban, and Joe, we were looking at it before. If you take him with his, and we're not, I'm not going to get too hockey analytics on you here, but if you take his Corsi 4%, the guy driving play, controlling play, if you put him in, with Maple Leafs that played 60 or more games on the back end, he's your best guy. Right? Yeah. Today. Outside of defensemen that played under, like, 40 games. Travis Dermott had, a, had a, I think he was 54-plus percent, but he played 37 games. You have to see that over a season. So you take that into account, the Rileys, the Gardners, the Hainseys. Right. You put him in there, all of a sudden, if you bring P.K. Subban in, he's, your, he's on your top pairing. And for those that want to look at him just straight as a hockey perspective and straight on ice... You know the on ice value you're getting with PK Subban, he actually fills every hole that the Maple Leafs have on defense. He's a guy who can eat minutes. Yep. He's physical down low. He's a good skater. He's got a fantastic first pass. Something I think the Leafs have been missing for a very long time. He's got a very good shot from the point, and that's going to be very crucial if you get that bomb on the blue line because that opens up lanes for your forwards because you can't sure. just leave the defenseman back there. And that was a problem the Leafs have had, I would say, since. You know, Fanoff and friends and haven't been on this team because nobody can shoot. But what's so interesting with PK is he has the ability to be a game changer. Sometimes that's a positive and sometimes that's mm-hmm. a negative. But with that's any, what you got to pair him right with with a stay at home type. And that's why I like your you know looking at a Hainsey or a Zaitsev because giving Subban leeway and making sure he can just free reign. He reminds me of the best example. I know this is like really out there. He's like the Troy Polamalu of defensemen. A, a ro- I like that, though. He's a roaming guy. You have to account for him on every single play. And he can blow you up. Yeah. He's intelligent. And he's the type of player that electrifies the stadium. And you want to talk about a guy that can get under people's skin, too. You had that extra little bit, right? Like, P.K. Subban can drive opponents nuts. And we were talking about this with the tap man because we were having a conversation about Nylander's contract and his future and where he fits in. And Jim had a great point. He said at some point, someone is going to be expendable. And he goes, I think Austin Matthews is an amazing player. He's great. Generational talent. And Mitch Marner is very similarly a very good player, great player. Could be generational. He's got a lot of talent. At least as a setup man, yeah. And we saw him pop on the scoring a little bit too. And then you add John Tavares, and now you look at William Nylander, and you could think that if there is a player that you could live without, because right now he's a 20-25 to 25 goal scorer in the NHL, it may be him. I don't want to see him go, but you would have to lose value to gain a player like Subban. And, and I they think have that's depth. where the negative is. They have me. depth at wing. Right? They have, Absolutely. That's where they have depth. And yeah, you're going to have to give up something. You're probably going to have to give up a first-round pick as well. 
Depends what the price is, right? We don't know. And plus, you have to think with the Maple Leaf side, you can't just go and, and throw in nine million bucks just because. And that's why somebody like a William Nylander, who at some point, if he keeps playing well, is going to demand a large salary. You can't keep them all, just like with the Preds. You can't keep them all on the back end for the Maple Leafs. You can't keep them all up front. And maybe a Nylander with a first round something, who knows what the Preds are going to be looking for. And if you look at what an inclusion of Subban would be on the Maple Leafs lineup financially, on the back end, you would actually be pretty close to what the Nashville Predators are at right now with about like 24 to $25 million wrapped up because Subban would be nine. Yeah. And then Morgan Riley would be five. So there you go. You're at 14. Jay Gardner would be off the books because this is, I think, is going to be his last year with Maple Leafs. Ron Hainsey's at three. You're at 18 million. And Hainsey's older. So at some point, too, you're going to need to replace again. But sure. you're, you're going to want a, a back end, a, a nice stay at home guy there. So let's keep him at three to four million dollars. So the Leafs are still 18 to 19 million. Then you have Nikita Zaitsev at 4.25. So you're at about 23 point something million. You add a couple, you know, Travis Dermott's probably a couple million, and boom, you're at about 25, 26 million, which is doable because the breakdown has to allow you to overpay your forwards in comparison when you break down the salary cap. Your decor should be probably your second biggest slice. At about 25 million with Subban in the lineup, the Maple Leafs are actually doable in that sense. It actually would make, make sense. Because you can do that, and as you said, you can move Gardner out and probably. The schedule, you know, you do your due diligence, and we'll get into that with Travis Yost in the twelve o'clock hour. Of that's when you need to find those gems, those stay-at-home guys. That's not going to be exciting. That people aren't going to be buying their jerseys. The stay-at-home, more boring types, kind of like I go back to like a Jamie McCowan type, right? Not going to blow you away, but he's going to keep you safe. That's what you need to complement a PK Subban and Morgan Riley, for example. So you can vote at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. Would you like to see the Leafs acquire P.K. Subban and all the variables that we have in there? Let's get to a couple tweets here, Joe. People are, these are, I, I love when we get intelligent hockey talk. Sometimes it's just, you know, people blowing up. But uh, let's see here. We got from uh, at Sundean434, not, not the real Mats. Just uh, Subban's cap hit is way too big. He said, zero chance we can get him. People think we can't afford Nylander. No way we can't afford Subban. The, the opposite side of that there at Sundean434 is if you included Nylander in a deal and you get, let's say, Jake Gardner's money off the books and find some bargains, you can. You can afford that. And at the real underscore cog says, if the Preds ate some salary, why not? Here's the thing. If the Leafs go for uh, P.K. Subban, it's going to be the Preds that are in the driver's seat. I don't see them eating any cash. Now, that can change, right? If the Leafs know and, and they want to make sure they move Subban, perhaps. I don't see them eating a whole lot of cash because they want to relieve some of that pressure. Uh, also From Adam LK on Twitter, says they could for the year, assuming a contract goes out and or the Preds eat some, but then it gets tricky. And that's true. You got to put your accounting hat on sometimes, right? You got to have, you got to take all the salary in mind. But I think our scenario lays out a doable and a win win for both teams. Nashville gets some scoring pop up front, probably a first round pick, maybe something else for Subban. Leafs need defensive help. Preds could always use some more pop on the wing. Why not? 
We'll talk about that a little bit more with Carlo Koliakovo and go over some Maple Leafs off-season storylines, getting ready for training camp. Under a month away, folks. Carlo Koliakovo will join me next here on TSN 1050. A lot of show still to come. We'll talk some Blue Jays. Danny Jansen, catcher of the future, slugging his first dinger last night. Chat about that and much more with Scott Mitchell. Do a little Vladdy tracker as well. That'll be at 11.40. Travis Yost, TSN.ca hockey analytics analyst at 12. And Rich Dotson from DynastyNerds.com. Their founder with some quarterback, tight end, uh, fantasy tips to get you ready for your NFL fantasy season. On the line now, a guy who loves his fantasy football. And, and Carlo, I recommend you tune in for this one. Carlo Koliakovo. How's it going, buddy? Yeah. What's up, Amac? Oh man, listen, it's fantasy football season. It's it's coming. I'm I'm having the guests on. We're putting out the tips. So at twelve twenty, you're gonna want to make sure to tune in to get uh, some uh, some tips and get ready for your fantasy football draft. Oh man, what an exciting time of the year. <laughs> I mean, uh I, I look forward to hearing all your advice because I got my draft coming up and oh. uh you know, it's uh, it's. I haven't really paid much attention to it, but I'm pretty sure there's some nice sleeper picks out there that you can help me with. Oh, absolutely. We'll we'll get you ready for that. Don't you worry about that. Uh, but Carlo, we're looking at off season for the Maple Leafs training camp under a month away, and outside of the obvious need to upgrade at some point on defense for the Leafs, the other question creeping in is: Are the Leafs too soft? Do they have enough? whatever you want to call it, sandpaper or whatever, for a Mike Babcock team. Now, you played for Babcock. Do you think yeah. that the Leaf team, as it's built now, are they tough enough to go on an extended playoff run? Well, what, what do you mean by tough enough? I mean, there's, there's, there's ways to describe being tough, and especially with the way the game is played mm-hmm. nowadays. I mean, the, 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 the tough player that you know plays five, six minutes a night, this guys doesn't exist anymore. Um, the, um, the, the, the NHL game nowadays is is playing four lines, getting contributions with guys uh, from one to twelve. Um, the fourth line guys, if they can play an average of, of ten to eleven minutes a night, gives the gives the top players in the team the equal amount of rest. Um, you know, so when you, when you define tough, you, you've got to you've got to have the unique player. And when I mean unique, you've got to have guys like Tom Wilson and guys like Ryan Reeves that provide an element of toughness, but can also play the game and play in key situations. So when I look at the Leafs roster, nobody, you know, with that kind of resume sticks out for me. But when I also define tough with the way the game is played nowadays, and you look at your skilled players, especially for a Mike Babcock coach team, Mike Babcock, when he defines tough, he looks for guys that win their puck battles, Mm. guys that are determined to get the puck back, guys that are determined to play 200 feet, guys that are determined to play defense and win the board battles. To me, that's when I when I look for toughness, that's what I look for. And I look at the Leafs roster and the guys on their team that starve the puck and pursuit the puck, that love puck possession, uh, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Patrick Marlowe, Nazem Kadri, and we're forgetting the big name the least, just that is John Tavares. Yeah. These guys all love playing with the puck. So when I look for toughness, those are the guys that are going to create the toughness for me because they're going to win their puck battles. I love that, Carlo, because you're so right. This isn't, and sometimes we, because the mindset for so long when you said the word tough was the guy who's going to drop the gloves and be a goon and go slug, that those days are gone. It's over. They're not coming back. As you said, you need guys who can play 
actually be on, be on the ice and not be a liability. Because if you have a pure goon on your team, the opposition's going to love that. Because they don't have to fight you, and they'll just skate around the guy, right? So those, those days are, are long gone. I know, I know, guy. The fighter in hockey player is going to hate me for saying this, but <laughs> let's be honest. That that role in hockey has sort of disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now you're now you're seeing guys like Jamie Benn and Joel Thornton, uh, you know, star players on the team, drop the gloves because these are the guys that you know when when things aren't going well for them, they feel like they need that extra spark to get them going to bring out the team. And to me, those those are the fights you love seeing. Don't get me wrong. You never love. You never want to see a guy like John Tavares or Austin Matthews drop the gloves or even Mitch Marner. But when you see those guys fight, that's what rallies the team. When the team is down and out and needs a spark and sees their leader dropping the gloves or even um, in a scrum or even uh, winning their puck battle. Like for me, the perfect example uh, when when you describe John Tavares is, is a highlight that he created last year at the Islanders in overtime playing against Philly where he was playing and, and protecting the puck against Sean Katuri in the corner. And it was just the puck battle that he won and that cre- he created himself for himself that created the overtime winner. So what do guys do when they see moments like that, when they're seeing their star players put the team on their back? They rally around it knowing that, hey, when I get out there next shift, this is the example I have to follow. Carla, do you think, too, that it just seems more authentic to the team when you see, let's say, somebody who you might not expect, like a star player, drop the gloves, compared to what became almost orchestrated? Oh, You, you know, you had the fighters on the team from yeah. each side, and it was, all right, well, these are our jobs. Guess we got to fight. Like, it seemed very yeah. staged. As a, as a former player, when you see your, your uh, star guy drop it, and it's not expected, does that do more for you than, than the almost staged type of fight? Um, yes, of course, because you're, it's like you said, you're, you're not expecting it. I think, uh, listen, I, I don't know what it's like to be a fighter, but I can tell you from the guys that I played with, it was not an easy job. But mm. those guys relished the job of what they did on a night-to-night basis, knowing that what they did was played a role on their team and with their teammates, knowing that they, he could be a guy that could be relied on for a spark. And, you know, I've played with guys on night-to-night basis where they're walking into the game like, oh, man, i got to fight again. My hand's killing me. My back is killing mm-hmm. me. And you really feel for those guys because it's a hard living to, to, to fight for. But, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that we, we don't see much of it nowadays because it really has taken away from the tough guy role. But let's be honest, everybody loves watching the, the product of hockey that we're seeing yeah, where yeah. skill is at the forefront. You know, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, the speed that we watched, the, the, the exchange of, of, of scoring chances night after night and play after play um, has really, really provided a, a great source of entertainment for the game of hockey. And I think that's, that's, that's what we're still trending towards. You're seeing a lot more skill um, evolve in the game. And I wish, there, I wish the NHL would do a better job marketing and start players because people truly are missing, missing out on great talents. In conversation with Carlo Koliakovo, former Maple Leafs first-round pick, will be co-hosting on Landsberg in the morning here on TSN 1050 
all week on Twitter at Carlo Koliakovo. Carlo, we got a poll up here at TSN 1050 Radio and at AndyMC81 on Twitter, and it's about the possibility of the Maple Leafs acquiring P.K. Subban. And this is off of the Ryan Ellis signing by the Preds to that big extension. And you look at the Predators' defensive core. They are stacked. They have 25 mil committed now. Roman Yossi is going to want a, 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 an, an upgrade in pay very soon, and that might leave somebody like a P.K. Subban available via trade. Taking out all the mathematics of the accounting and, and salary cap, and, and you know, you'd have to work that out, obviously, but a P.K. Subban type, if you could get him on the Maple Leafs to improve that back end and have a true kind of number one pairing, is he the type of guy that you think would fit in to a Mike Babcock coach team and with how this roster is generally built? Well, I, I think you answered the question 100%. The type of player that P.K. Supan can be is definitely what the Leafs could use. Uh, right? I mean, the, 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 big, the big key there is he's a right-handed shot defenseman. Um, he's very skilled, uh, a very great pro- point producer throughout his career so far. But when you're talking P.K. Subban, you know, yes, you'd, anybody would love to, to acquire the player, but... There comes a salary that comes attached to the player, and when you, when you, when you have a team like the Maple Leafs, where you have certain guys that are going to be demanding big money, where does he fit in? Mm-hmm. I think when, when you talk about PK Subban and making nine million dollars a year, if you can find a way to be creative and um, the salary comes in as the same salary that goes out, yes, one hundred percent, you you entertain the idea. But those are tough trades to make, especially with a roster that the Leafs have where. They're elite heavy right now, and they're top heavy on, on forwards. Uh, you know, Matthews is going to demand a big contract. Marner is going to demand a big contract. You already have Tavares in his big contract. What are you talking uh, when it comes to numbers with Nylander? I think these are all going to be interesting points. Um, but, uh, you know, the interesting case in P.K. Subban is how does Mike Babcock feel about him yeah. and, and, and the place that he is? I mean, you can go back to, to the years of the Olympics where he was on that team, and couldn't crack the lineup because, you know, Mike Babcock was probably a fan of the person, but maybe wasn't a fan of the player. So uh, when you have him as the coach, what kind of say does he have when it comes to acquiring a player like this? Uh, You know, we we stated it's a no-brainer. Anytime you can add an elite player like P.K. Subban, you make every attempt to make it happen. But there's a lot of other variables that come in. Um, you know, when, when an acquisition or a transaction like this has to happen. Right, and you'd have to be given up something like, who knows, maybe a William Nylander first-round pick, multiple stuff. It's, it's so hard. Yeah. Uh, Carl, I miss the days when, before the salary cap, where you could make fun fantasy trades and just have it player for player, and if the team can afford it, cool. Yeah. But now it's like, well, you need like your buddy who's an accountant to say, well, actually, it doesn't, you have to carry the four and X factor. and It just takes away the fun of fantasy trades, right? I miss those days. I, I hear you, man. I, I think it just it takes it takes away the, the fun in trades in general. Yeah. I mean the the one the one part of the the year that almost every hockey fan looks forward to is the trade deadline. Yeah. Because in years past, you would always see big names being moved, and what the salary cap has created, it's created a difficulty for teams and players to be moved. Because it's not just player for futures or player for prospects or players for, for, for picks. You've, you've got to include salaries. So teams that are right up against the cap 
who want to make a trade for P.K. Subban, who carries a $9 million cap hit. Well, you've got to be creative where salary coming in is the same salary going out, and those aren't always easy trades to make. Or and because if they were, they would definitely be made. Yeah, exactly. Well, Carlo, great stuff as always, man, and we look forward to listening to you uh, the rest of the week on Landsberg in the morning, right here on TSN 1050. Thanks, buddy. Awesome stuff. Thanks. Look forward to the next time. Absolutely, Carlo Koliakov, former Maple Leafs defenseman, first round pick, and one heck of an analyst. Guy loves his fantasy football too, man. He's 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 a gamer when it comes to fantasy. We'll maybe get Carlo on a little bit uh, later in next week and, and talk about his uh, fantasy football draft coming up, too. Uh, we will get tips for you with Rich Dotson, founder of DynastyNerds.com. I'm going to run down today. So the next two days, here's what we're going to do. I got you some stacked fantasy guests, folks. Rich Dotson, we're going to rank the top three quarterbacks and a sleeper in quarterbacks, tight end, and DST, defense special teams. Okay, so we're going to do top three and a sleeper in each of those categories. Tomorrow, we're going to have Jake Celion, who's been Fantasy Network, uh, uh, The Athletic, he, one of the finest fantasy minds in football and baseball to go over running backs and wide receivers. So we're going to get you jacked and ready for your fantasy football drafts. Get your pens and papers ready for that. That comes up at 1220. We'll step aside and in just a few minutes talk with Scott Mitchell. From the Blue Jays, our TSN 1050 Jays reporter, Danny Jansen, slugged his first home run. Not bad. Then the Vladdy tracker, of course. And a whole lot more as we get ready for the Jays to, well, keep limping to the finish line here. Stay tuned. Toronto Today on TSN 1050. Blue Jays defeat the Kansas City Royals in KC 6-5 yesterday. Welcome back to Toronto Today here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app, TSN app. I'm Andy McNamara. With you till 1 o'clock. Get us on Twitter at AndyMC81 at TSN 1050 Radio. Those spots you can also vote in our Twitter poll. P.K. Subban, Maple Leafs. You want him? Would you acquire him? With the, the, on the basis of, and it's not as simple as, do you want this great player? This isn't like 1990 where we can just make fun trades. With the stipulation being that the Nashville Predators have $25 million bucks tied up in their defense. You're going to have, you, you already, Paid Ryan Ellis a big extension yesterday. You're going to have to pay Roman Yossi after next year. Maybe it is time. And if you give up somebody who's going to require a larger contract, maybe like a William Nylander in a first-round pick, might make sense to solidify that defense. Would you do it? At TSN 1050 Radio on Twitter. We're going to have Scott Mitchell, TSN 1050 Blue Jays reporter, on with us in just a moment or two. Go over the now really... I guess the situation with the Jays is we're, we're tracking how the youth goes, right? You had Sean Reed Foley the other day. Eh, it was okay. And there's type, maybe he's more of a bullpen guy, whatever. Danny Jansen, one for four, slammed his first homer. Gotta love that. And th- th- if you look at what Danny Jansen has done since coming up, and it, it's nice to add very small samples, three games, right? Uh, you want to see, or two games, I guess he actually played. Some pop in the bat. You want to get some pop back in the catcher position. And you can have Russ Martin there as a mentor for another year. Grow him, groom him, and you have Danny Jansen take over. Guy went two for three on, what, Monday? And one for four last night? Well, the homer. I like that. 
You know, D- Danny Jansen can be that guy at 23 years old where you're bringing him up, and if next year is that retooling year, all of a sudden, what do we start to see? Okay, when you're ready, supposedly, to be back into contention in 2020, well, now Danny Jansen has part of this season, has all of next season as catcher. Now he's in a flow. Now he's got a comfort level with the pitching staff. Now he's cruising. Sean Reed Foley, what, what, what is he? Is he going to be a start? Well, you have time to work through that and decide. That's the question. Now, we heard Danny Jansen. I think we all know what time it is. Sean Lavery, our technical producer. Give me Vladdy. Vladdy Tracker. Ooh, is he up here yet? This is the Vladdy Tracker. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Now, it was an off day on Monday. He went over on August 12. This after winning the AAA Batter of the Week and just, just slugging it, just doing amazing. Back at it, Vladdy Tracker for August the 14th. He went one for five, two runs, and he had a walk. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is cruising in AAA and now in 13 games. Has a sweet 372 average. Gotta love that. Let's bring in Scott Mitchell, our TSN 1050 Blue Jays reporter. Scotty, we just did the Vladdy tracker. He's, it looks like he's back on track. The the hitless streak of one game is over. It's good to see. I know it was rough. <laughs> you know, I had to make a bunch of calls, figure out what was going on with him, but uh, <laughs> he's back on track. So I, I know we were all nervous. We we're expecting him to do the, just just be amazing every game. Uh, real quick, Scotty, since joining Buffalo, we're now 13 games in. I have just been so impressed with what this guy has done, not striking out much. Now, he struck out twice yesterday. That's his first uh, double-digit or or, or, uh, multiple strikeout game, uh, second one since joining the Bisons. But this guy, the eye he showed, the patience. Now we're starting to see the power having four straight games with home runs. What have you made in that small sample size of being up with AAA Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that that two strikeout game the other night. I think that's uh, my last count. That's the only, only the sixth multiple strikeout game that he's had this year, which is um, absolutely amazing yeah. considering we're in an era of launching angles and uh, very little contact and, and trying to hit home runs. I mean, this guy, his hit tool is, is just unbelievable. And, um, you know, I, I don't think anyone really expected him to have much trouble with AAA. I mean, this is kind of just, just status quo for him. I mean, it is a little bit of a challenge, and, and you will see. I mean, you know, hitting, hitting 460, 450, 420, uh, it's just not going to happen. So he's definitely going to be challenged a little bit more, and, and we're seeing that a, a, a little bit at a very – at a very low level, but um, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't overlook the hit tool. That's the most impressive part. I mean, you look at the guy's body, um, you look at the way the game is played today. You, you almost kind of expect the power uh, to, for him to grow into that. But but this hit tool is is going to be the separator between um, you know guys that hit 280 with with 25, 30 home runs and, and guys that are potentially you know I don't I don't even want to say the term, but but Hall of Fame caliber guys oh. who hit. 320, 325, um, you know, the ceiling on this guy is just absolutely unbelievable. And, and you see him adjust, and he adjusts so quickly to each level. And, um, you know, just the fact that, uh, you know, he's a guy that's just turned 19 still less than six months ago, and he's doing this. And when you look at Juan Soto and Ronald Lacuna, um, you know, you, you look at what they're doing this year and you, you wonder what Vladdy is, is capable of, you know, as a, as a 20-year-old next season, as a 21-year-old. And, 
man, the, the, the sky is just the limit. And, you know, you, you've, you've suffered through a couple of years of bad baseball here, but um, this guy is going to be a reason to go out and watch the Toronto Blue Jays next year, no doubt. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's going to be much of a learning curve at the major league level either. Well, and at least at the plate, and we'll see how the defense comes along. And, and it's good if he has a little bit of a, an up and down to see how he adjusts in, in AAA. Uh, Scotty, you never want to wish a slump on somebody, but it'd be, it, it'd be nice to see kind of how he handles some sort of adversity. We don't want him to go hitless for, you know, 20 games or something like that. But is, that, is there a value there as well? You can't plan for that, obviously, but to be able to see how he reacts in AAA I think would be interesting. You sound a little bit like Ross Atkins there. I mean, that, that's <laughs> oh, God. Kind of, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. I take it back. <laughs> that's how they, 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 that's how, the kind of, how they kind of spun the uh, the injury back in July, that, you know, this would be a learning experience for him and, and kind of, you know, a, a low moment that he'd have to learn from. And, uh, you know, I, I do I do believe in it a little bit. I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not totally making light of that. But, uh, you know, I think uh, every every baseball person, every person in the front office, they never want to see their prospects get, you know, fly through the minor league and then struggle at the major league level because your struggles are so much, you know, there, there's a spotlight on you um, right. when you struggle at the major league level. You know, there's pressure that comes along with it. There's always that, uh, you know, fear in the back of your head that, that you're going to be demoted. Um, you don't have those when you struggle in, in minor leagues. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I put it this way. I don't think Vladdy is going to struggle but if you consider hitting 320, 330 compared to 420, 430 in AA, <laughs> if that's a struggle, yeah, you know, he's going to have to adjust. And, and essentially the, the thing with AAA is you face more advanced breaking balls and you face more advanced sequencing. Um, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of arms that have been in the major leagues and he will be sequenced differently than he was in AA. You get a lot more throwers, um, you know, big-time prospects in AA. But they're not sequencing at this point. Right. So this is what this is what he's going to see, uh, you know, over the next uh, you know three weeks in in AAA, and uh, you know that's going to set him into the off season, and it'll be interesting to see where he goes and plays winter ball. But yeah, this is a needed step. I, I think you know Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro talked about it, um, you know, quite a bit, saying they wanted to get him to AAA, and I don't think that's just um, you know talk to to really. Uh, kind of delay this service time. I really do think they believe that that level was important. Um, is it important for him to be there for an extended period? No. Um, right now, we're, we're just trying to. Uh, they're just trying to get through the season and you know, uh, you know, kind of quell this talk about about bringing him up because of uh, you know the business considerations they have as well. Right, and, and get him that exposure. It is it is valuable. In conversation with Scott Mitchell, our TSN 1050 Blue Jays reporter on Twitter, at ScottyMitchTSN. Well, let's move to the big club and a prospect who has come up behind the plate, Danny Jansen. Scotty, two games, three hits, and his first dinger last night against the Kansas City Royals. What have you made of the young catchers of first couple games? Well, it's been a great start, and, you know, that's why, um, you know, a couple of probably about six weeks ago, I, I had a couple of days where I, I used the, the hashtag free Danny Jansen because, um, <laughs> you know, this guy's, this guy's shown he's ready, and, uh, you know, he's, he's getting his, uh, you know, kind of long-awaited opportunity because I think, you know, if you didn't have Russell Martin um, with the contract he has and you didn't have Luke Maley really showing that he's a capable major league backup, which, you know, sounds, okay, well, why do you care if he's a capable major league backup? Because there's not a lot of those guys around, mm-hmm. so he does still have value. You can't, you weren't just going to jettison him um, just to accelerate the timeline of a prospect. And you know, having too much depth 
is definitely a good problem. But Danny Jansen has shown in the first half of the season that he was ready. And, you know, this is what he is. The, the guy is a, is a well-rounded player. And, uh, you know, I talked about it on, on Scotty Mack's show yesterday. Uh, this is a guy who, you know, isn't going to wow you with, with anything. Um, you know, he's not Yetter, Melina behind the plate. He's not going to, you know, wow you with his arm. He's not a, you know, plus-plus defender. Um, he's not going to hit uh, 30 home runs. He's not, probably not going to hit 300, but he does have that capability. That's, that's probably where his strength lies is, is with the hit tool the ability to get on base. Um, you know, I, I said maybe 280, 15 home runs. Um, that's the type of guy you're getting with, with um, you know, okay defense. And, and that's a very valuable player in this day and age, especially when you can get on base. And when you look at the Blue Jays' struggles over these last two years offensively, getting on base has been the thing. Um, you know, they have had some power, but they've been near the bottom in the American League and on base percentage. And, and Danny Jansen's a, a good start to, to help rectify that, especially if he can catch on quickly and not go through any really um, extended learning curve. And, you know, based on a, the very small sample size of two games, it looks like he's going to be able to run with this. I would take that. 280, 15 homers? Jeez, that, sign me up. That, that'd be all right. Now, Scotty, what is it, the backstop, the catching situation, do you think looks for the Blue Jays next year. Russ Martin playing third now, of course, with Donaldson out, and uh, that's that's not a long-term answer. But what is it going to look like next year? Is it going to be Jansen and Martin backing him up for, for one more year? Well, well, I think it'll be interesting. You, you have to look at, uh, obviously, Russell Martin has one more year on his contract, $20 million, and you know he's essentially uh, guaranteed to be around next year. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Luke Maley, um, like I said, he's he's proven that um, you know he's at least a capable major league backup. When I say capable major league backup, um, you know he's not going to do much with the bat. He's had his moments this year, uh, you know, two thirty. But this guy, the two thirty hitter, um, you know, maybe a, a handful of home runs, and, and that's what you expect. Uh, the offensive bar um, for production, uh, you know, behind the plate is, is just so low. And when you come with um, Maley's ability to handle the pitching staff and uh, you know be uh, an above-average defender, obviously that has value. Now, do you go into the off-season seeing what you can maybe get for Luke Maley? Um, you know, the, it's not going to be a huge market, but you know, there's teams always looking for catching. And then, do you say we're bringing back Danny Jansen and Russell Martin as kind of that one A, one B? Um, you know, you would expect uh, Jansen to to get the, the lion's share of, of the reps, but you know, do you expect Jansen to play maybe 100 games and, and Russ get 62 behind the plate and then obviously can can dabble elsewhere when uh, when he's needed? Or do you bring Jansen and Maley back and make Russ Martin uh, strictly a, uh, you know, a utility guy who can play a little bit of third, catch a day or two, uh, play a little bit of second? Uh, you know, I don't see any reason why, why Russ Martin couldn't play, play left field if, if needed. Uh, so I think that's the that's the kind of the equation you look at heading in, into the off season, and you, you kind of have to map out the playing time. And I, I think probably uh, the conversation is one you need to have with Russ Martin in the off season and see if he's open to that. And he's um, been on the record this year saying he thinks that you know by the end of his career he's going to be strictly a utility player. So um, I, I would guess that you bring all three of them back and you try to fit R- Russ Martin on the roster at least in spring training and, and see where things go. Awesome stuff as always, Scotty. Thanks so much. Anytime, man. Take care. All right. Scott Mitchell, TSN 1050 Blue Jays reporter on Twitter at Scotty Mitch TSN Blue Jays. Yeah, coming off of that 6-5 win against the Kansas City Royals. And they're, uh, they're back at it today.
in KC with Marco Estrada on the hill, 5-9 and nine with a sweet 4.84 ERA. All right, it's time. The greatest moments in history are now up to you. This is TSN 1050's Sound Wars. All right, it is 11.53 here on Toronto Today. I'm Andy McNamara. Sound Wars time. We continue with day two of the Ultimate Championship Sound Wars battle. First, last year's reigning defending champion, a number seven seed that pulled off against all odds the win. And it is the classic, they did it, Naylor. The first pick goes to the Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs. The Leafs. They did it, Naylor. There you go, an all-time classic. The challenger, your 2018 champ, representing the Yes Guy, No Guy Conference. Seed number one, Mac Jameson. Friday pre-tapes, you're into this I'm kind of stuff. so excited. I wish I was in my car, like, driving around. All right, so this is a Vegas legend. I caught up with him earlier this afternoon. Mac Jameson. Mac, what's happening? Is this Brian? This is Brian. Did that just cut out? This is a joke, isn't it? I've been, I'm calling you out. I don't know who you're Screw talking you, about. Man. Man. You were my boy. We were peas and carrots two minutes ago, and you just wall squat great white sharded right in my hip. Mac Jameson? I want to hear the beginning again, because I guarantee if I hear the guy's voice, I'll tell you who it is. All right. Is this Brian? This is Brian. I quit the show. There you go, Mac Jameson, the 2018 champ. Does it have enough to go and beat? They did it, Naylor. Well, you get to decide, folks. Go to tsn1050.ca, click on Sound Wars, and vote for your ultimate champion. They did it, Naylor, or Mac Jameson. Voting for this Sound War closes tomorrow at 8 a.m. Listen to Landsberg in the morning to find out who will be the Sound Wars ultimate champion for the summer of 2018. Only on TSN 1050. 